You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Well, hello there. Thanks for tapping on this episode today. If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you've become a regular listener, hello again. It's lovely to have you join me. This is the place where we talk about lots of different things that affect micro businesses and particularly where their brands meet the humans they serve. Our topic today may resonate with you. I know it's becoming more of and more of an issue with the people I've been talking about who either are consumers of brands or are business owners and managing their own brands. And that is the balance between the quality of your service or product versus the experience your customers or your clients are having who are buying that product or service from you. Now, if the experience is disjointed and not up to scratch, it doesn't matter how good your product or your service is, you will fail in connecting with your audiences and actually in retaining clients or keeping them for the longer term. I guess a quick flippant example is something like Facebook's Meta their parent company. Now, I'm an optimist, so I would hope that this would change in the future. But right now, as of the date of recording this episode, this is my view. It doesn't really matter how much development, engineering, product development Meta does in its products like Facebook and Instagram, or how fantastic they are at breakthroughs on innovation in technology and usage. What's happening for us as users is that the experience has become so disjointed and difficult that they are making it really hard to love them. And I wouldn't be surprised if this starts to cause the next big generational shift to another platform or actually even a completely different channel altogether because of that reason alone. Okay, but that's huge business, right? And I could fill up a show just on my views about how the massive economies of scale are detrimental to the quality and value of business for the humans they serve. But that's for another time. Let's focus on you and me, the service-based micro-business seeking to understand the magic of catching a client's attention doing the best job possible for them and keeping them over the longer term. If and when we turn off clients at any point on our journey with them, it will have a much bigger impact on us as businesses because we don't have billions of customers. Micro-businesses and particularly service-based ones have anything from maybe a handful to possibly a hundred or so clients if they don't yet have a one-to-many offer in place. The fallout from getting this experience but wrong will be felt a whole lot more for you than what Meta is able to just shrug off and survive in their world. In your and my world, it actually translates into suffocating and killing the lifeblood of your business. And that is happy, loyal clients. Okay, so what can we do as service-based micro-businesses? Well, really, it's quite simple. Think about what's important to you. If you were sitting in the shoes of your client, there are a few things you just expect as normal. 
And that is number one, actually getting what you've been promised. Number two, being communicated with. And three, feeling like your money has been well spent. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect all the time. That's not what I mean. So let me give you a quick example. Say you have a new product or service that you've launched, but perhaps you are not all quite there yet, but you've gone all in in making sure you're connected with your clients and you're making sure that you're checking in on them, having interaction, and when they raise their hand, you are attending to them. You're making sure that you're being responsive and you clearly demonstrate that you're actually doing something about the feedback that you're getting and you are updating the product or your service as you go along. Smaller businesses are great at this. Big businesses are in the main really not. You are already winning if you're just doing the basic decent thing of communicating and being seen to care about what you do and how you look after the people that you're serving. You see, customer service and responsive communication are a huge part of your brand experience. Your brand experience is the sum total of everything that anyone can come into contact with you, about you, and that's even including before they've even started working with you and long after they've even finished working with you. I call it the 4D experience of see, hear, feel, and touch. It's all about where people see what you do and behave like, they hear what you say, and they feel in terms of emotional experience and can kinesthetically touch. So it's the things that you're doing that actually potentially you're seeing people in person or you're giving them things, you know, hard, the lump factor, as they call it, when you get send, send them things in the post or you give them things. And for some brands, it might even be a 5D experience because smell might be quite important for their brand experience. Now, this might f- sound like a really monstrous task, right? Planning a brand experience journey. But... I'd urge you to tackle it like you would eating a mammoth in bite-sized, realistic chunks. Okay, it's meant to be an elephant, but it's my favorite animal and I can't even joke about eating an elephant. All right. (laughs) So when I work inside my group program with people on their brand experience, I use a matrix that includes what I've developed as the seven stages of the customer's marketing journey. And these stages help to give you just specific phases to your client's journey where you have an opportunity to create, plan, or note a touch point which falls in line with what you want a customer's overall experience to be of you. So I'll share my seven stages in the show notes with you in a much more detail if you're interested. But for the purpose of explaining the context of our conversation today, I'm just going to quickly list them for you. So they cover awareness, inquiry, invite, conversion, welcome, retention, and supplement. These spread from what happens before the prospective client even knows you. So for example, when they just start to search for what they think they are needing, and you haven't even come up on the radar yet for them all the way through to becoming a client and then how they stay on as a client for the longer term. You'll 
perhaps recognize the basis of digital marketing in there. And yes, this is where I developed a lot of these seven stages while I was crafting digital marketing strategies in my agency client work. But most businesses do a lot in those first few phases, like romancing cold prospects to talk to you and then sign on the dotted line. But not very many businesses actually then see that that signature on the dotted line is actually the beginning of the relationship where you need to do more. They see it almost as the end game. Aha, I got the client. They signed. They've paid the money. I've done the job. Job done. But actually, when it comes to brand experience and even with customer journey terms, actually, you have now only just started. So I'll pop what each one of those stages are in the show notes for you. So you can flick to that later on when you get a chance. Okay, so now we know these seven stages of the customer's marketing journey. But when we're planning brand experience, this is important stuff, right? So it's not just about customer service, it's much deeper work. So this is when I bring in some extra brand strategy related categories to overlay these seven stages. So you're ensuring that your full brand strategy is in play inside this experience mapping that you're doing. So I'm going to quickly run through those four categories and I'll keep them, uh, which I, I really keep to hand when I'm working with anyone on their brand experience mapping. But again, I'll put them in the show notes for you so you can reflect on them later, but you can just listen to them now. So the four categories are purpose, products, processes, and people. Okay, so let's get into those now. First one, purpose. Now, this category covers making sure you are really clear about and you effectively communicate why your business exists, your brand voice, and by that I mean your tone of voice and overall messaging, your point of view, which includes things like your brand principles, your values, and of course, the environment that you want to create around your brand. Clearly, this category helps to give your fuller brand experience almost its guardrails, if you like, in terms of the direction or the bigger picture of everything that you do, say, and act so that it all falls behind your purpose. Second category is products. So, this category encompasses touch points you can identify that involve support and engineer the value you bring to the table, the design of your products or your services, how you actually package those products or services. So for example, where you bundle and bundle or even um, physical packaging sometimes if that's uh, relevant for you. And also the thinking and the anchoring behind your pricing. Those are all triggers. Those are all experience uh, touch points. Category number three is processes. Now, this is an easy one because I think generally people default to this main category, right? When they're mapping a customer's journey. And that's because you already have some tasks and actions and activities all around your systems and your processes. So with an eye for your client's journey with you, then in this category, you'll be looking at things like the marketing of your offers or your brand, the actual delivery, the, sorry, the delivery of your products and services, the supportive service that you're providing around your products or your service, and the content that you're creating, and also potentially the transactional 
or administrative element to your business, which I feel like so many businesses miss out on building their brand experience into. Your fourth category is people. So now this category is one that seems to go awry for bigger businesses, but you are a super duper micro. So you will include this in your planning of your brand experience. So this one is centered around the humans that interact with your brand and it covers the relationships you have, team, your clients, your business communities, your personality, which impacts how you come across as a personal brand or as a business brand. The associations you have with other people, brands or products, which will just trigger deeper value alignment for your audiences. Behavior, how you actually act and are with your team and your clients. And also your formal community that you bring together as a result of your brand. And they can either be paid, unpaid or voluntary. You really got to look around how those are set up, how those are managed and how you facilitate those. That's all brand experience. Wow, that was a lot to get through. Now, I will preface everything I've just walked through by saying that it's important to remember that whatever you plan or create, you need to ensure that it ticks two big boxes. Number one, the action or activity is sustainable. Okay, so you can keep doing it. This helps with brand consistency. Number two, the action, interaction or activity that you've planned is meaningful, okay? Meaningful will foster loyalty, all right? Now, a little voice in your head will probably quietly squealing, Shelly, I have so much to do. I don't get why I need to do this too. I get it. Yeah, 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 but hear me out, right? There is a logic to actually taking the time to get your experience right. And here it is. A great brand experience builds long-term loyalty. Loyalty pays dividends. By providing your existing clients with an experience which highly resonates with them, fosters loyalty. And that means that, here's some statistics for you. 50% of your most loyal clients would rather pay 25% more, so a 25% premium before they would actually switch to working with somebody else. Your loyal clients will spend 33% more than new incoming clients. Mm, Interesting. The people who have an emotional connection to you or your brand are four times more likely to choose to work with you. Last one, a 5% increase in customer retention can equate to a 30% increase in profits. Some really interesting statistics there, right? And we all know that retaining clients is a lot cheaper than finding new ones. That's been proven decade after decade after decade. So why wouldn't you spend the time sharpening up what your brand experience looks and feels like if it means reinforcing that you are doing a great job in delivering value, your clients love you, And it bolsters your bottom line. It's a winning combination. 
I picked this topic because, oh man, it's been clawing at me to bring this up publicly to talk about because I feel like since the pandemic, particularly amongst local small businesses, my experience has been as a customer, it feels like the experience has been diminished while prices have increased and their care, in my experience, has also hit an all-time low. It is worrying me because micro and small businesses carry our economy, at least here in the UK. And if they start to be disengaged with the humans that they're serving, this is really not going to help our economic and societal post-pandemic recovery. I'd really love to know whether this conversation has made a difference for you. Has it sparked a refreshed desire to inject power back into how you engage with your clients. Drop me a DM, an email or a note. Just let me know. It helps my heart to feel better about the future of small business to know that you care and you do want to do something about it. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this episode today. Who do you know that could do with listening to this topic? Perhaps they would love to do something different and stand out. Their brand experience may be where they can make their mark. Let's spread the word. Experience trumps product. Let's remember the humans we are here to serve. Until next time, my friend, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at shellyrosland.com.